Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yes! What is up, everybody? Welcome to Ray Hudson's favorite magisterial podcast in soccer we trust. I'm Jimmy Trashcan Cream Cheese, Gardner Dakota, and alongside Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce. And we have a very special guest joining us today, the one, the only, the Iron Man of the U.S. Men's National Team, having made more appearances for our national team than anyone else since the beginning of 2021. That is Kellen Acosta. So, Chuck, what are you excited to talk to him about? Everything. I mean, from <laughs> the, the U.S. Men's National Team, the 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 growth, the progress. LAFC, Gareth Bale. Let's go. Let's get him on. Okay. Okay. Heath, how about you? Any Anything you really want to get into, get into the weeds with Mr. Well, Kellen Acosta? I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But Jimmy, you also tried to start the show by saying your favorite uh, men's national team. And you quickly corrected yourself to say your three favorites to our, to our <laughs> listeners. So good job on that. But Way part two, <laughs> yeah, I picked that up. I heard Jimmy, uh, you know. Uh, but part two of that is I want to know what it's like for Kellen in 2021 to play 21 games for the national team. 21. That's more. That's more caps than you have. The national team. Did it no, one year. No, no, actually, in 2008, <laughs> I, in 2008, um, and this is something I've got a big fight with U.S. Soccer about before we bring him on. Is I was the most capped player in 2008. But in the they did they put out that centennial yearbook like the hundred years thing yeah, uh, yeah. yearbook, and they put that Michael Bradley and I were tied. And I felt like that was an attack on me. They didn't want to give me credit for a player so average having the most caps in the national team that year. So they put his name in there as well. So I, I, I got to take that up with him. But that was at eight, eight, eight appearances, I believe, that year. 21 is nice. unreal. 21 I just want to know, yeah. did, it all, did it come in a giant check or did it like, uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of questions about that bonus money. So let's bring him on. It's time for our tale of the tape. It's the pride of Plano, Texas, who stands an intimidating five foot ten inches tall, weighing 150 pounds, who made his way through one of the best academies in the country with FC Dallas before making his first team debut with the club at the age of 18. And he's never looked back since, making another 255 appearances in MLS with Dallas, Colorado, and now in his first season with LAFC. It's 27 year old midfielder and set piece magician for the U.S. men's national team, Kellen. <laughs> What oh an intro. God. I need you. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll be your hype man anytime, Kellen. I so, appreciate that. I needed that. I needed that. <laughs> great. So first and foremost, thank you for coming on the show. Seconds, 
I guess the big overarching question is how you living, man? I mean, we're finally here to the finish line before the World Cup starts. You're part of the Supporters Shield winning LAFC before the MLS playoffs kick off. You got to be feeling pretty sweet, man. Things all rosy, no? Yes, good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so far so good. I mean, I'm in a I'm in a great city. I'm part of a great organization. I'm part of a group winning team, Supporters Shield winners. Um, and you know, life in LA. My first year in LA has been. Uh, pretty swell i've been enjoying myself it's been uh, it's been great now let, let me ask you this obviously we we saw the team last year fall short of 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 the goals of, of reaching the playoffs which is unusual for a team that's had the momentum that lafc have had since their inception but this year after a few rough patches it looked like there's okay is this team on the rocks are, are they settling down has the luck ran out and you guys bounce back so well in each of your sort of moments of adversity what's it been like this year playing under steve Turundolo? And what's helping this team continue to get results and be in this type of form and momentum going into the playoffs? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's been great. I think, uh, you know, that's, that's part of every season. You're going to have highs and lows. And I think for us, uh, we, we dealt with some adversity early on. So we actually learned a lot about ourselves. We were able to grow. And um, I think the, the, everyone has been tremendous. I mean, whether, you know, coming from the bench, starting games, I think we've had a, a really deep roster. And uh, I think we have, a, you know, a great team to really, you know, make a run in the playoffs and, and hopefully lift a, up a trophy. Um, I know everyone always mentions, you know, LFC in the past years of, you know, falling short in the playoffs. But, you know, you, we have a different feeling for this group, for sure. And I think we can't really dwell on the past, but, you know, look ahead to the now and to the future. And um, like I said, we just take it one game at a time. But, I mean, over here, I can say the, the vibes are going well. Everyone's excited. Everyone's happy. And uh, I think it's just a, it's a different feeling, I would say. How has it changed for you personally? You, you play with Dallas, Colorado. You were kind of the big name. You you were the guy. You play with LAFC, not to take anything away from what you mean to this team, but in terms of names, Gareth Bale, Carlos Vela. The expectations are on these guys, the big prime timers who have played in Europe to do the job. But There's it's no expectations on Bale. Re relax. But, uh, but let me <laughs> say, oh, okay. But yeah. Ilya Sanchez and you have been so important to this group. So can you talk about what your role has been with this group and how, how different it is for you over the years of you being a professional? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, we have some star players, some big-name players. And I think my role, um, and I guess you can say Ilya's role, is to make everyone around us jobs easier. Uh, I mean, I'm not a flashy player and I, you know, I don't, you know, make the headlines, but, you know, I, I just want to be, you know, a key cog um, in the midfield uh, on both sides of the ball, um, you know, and, you know, feed our star players, have them score some goals. I mean, you've seen Carlos score some goals, uh, Chicho, uh, Gareth, I mean, even Giorgio in the back has been tremendous as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, my job is to, you know, fly under the radar, but, you know, be consistent in my role and, you know, help out in every aspect of the game that I can. Now, Kellen, uh, I'm glad Gareth Bale got brought up because he plays for Wales. He's arguably their best player. We just happened to play <laughs> Wales first in the World Cup. So how many times <laughs> have you told him in the in the locker room, hey, we're going to dunk on you guys in game one on November 21st? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a little bit quiet. Uh, it started when he first came in. Uh, we had a little bit of banter, a little bit back and forth. But I, I told him recently, I'm like, when it gets closer to, to World Cup time, I'm going to start kicking you on the field. And <laughs> not 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 in the sense I want him, you know, injured and sideline, but 
you know, going to the World Cup where he he got a little bit of cuts and bruises where he's feeling it. So um, <laughs> no, it, it's friendly banter, friendly banter. But uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, he's a great dude, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm excited to to obviously play with him. It's I mean, he's a guy that you know I admired for a long time, but um, you know, on the international stage, I can't play, can't wait to play against him and also kick him on the field and, and <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, uh, prevail and win. That's the spirit, Kellen. All right. <laughs> go ahead. Heath. Hey, so you, you finished the season with a loss against Nashville and then you go into a bye week right? Are you, a, are you a fan of the bye week, uh, going into the playoffs or, or, or are you one that wants to just get straight into it? Cause that's a, that's a decent little gap before you have your next match. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, for start, it was a sour taste in our mouths because we we did lose our last game and we felt like we deserved a little bit more. And then we had the celebrations right afterwards, so it was it was a bit weird. Um, but yeah, the, for the bye week, I mean, it's it, it kind of just depends on the season. If you have a, a team that's kind of banged up and you know need some guys to recover, um, then it's like kind of positive. But I think for us, I think everyone's healthy, everyone's ready, excited. So kind of the bye week uh, isn't really beneficial. Um, we would rather just you know. Just keep on rolling. Hey, what, um, hold on, hold on. What's that noise? What's that noise in the background? Who's who keeps screaming? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we got a uh, like a fifteen versus fifteen staff game. Who's screaming? <laughs> Somebody out out. Someone's screaming. Yeah, someone's yeah. Someone screaming Dorrington. right now. Has to be. Yeah, Jordan it's Harvey. A, yeah, I feel like it'd be Thorington. <laughs> yeah, someone's screaming. Right. It's got to be Thorington. Yeah, he's he's competitive. He, even in this game, I mean, I've I've seen him put in some tackles, and he's yelling <laughs> at guys to get in position. So, uh, yeah, that's that's John Thorington, everyone. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to butter you up, so don't take this in that in that way. But I picked LAFC to win MLS Cup. Here we okay? go. Oh, I'm just wow, throwing it out real, there. Real real flyer that one yeah, is. Okay. Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Way oh, to go, Charlie. Hey, look at, there's a lot of people who are. Who don't have LAFC winning given their roster. Okay. So you're playing Nashville or Galaxy in the playoffs, winner of that game. Nashville just beat you. Galaxy, it's always a rivalry. But what do you think you need to do to ensure that you guys are holding MLS Cup at the end of this run? Because ultimately, with this group, you should win, right? But it always doesn't work like that. What do you guys have to be conscious of to make sure that you don't have a slip up? Yeah, thinking that this game is just going to be easy, um, you know, playing at home. Obviously, we we, we have the 32-52. That's our, our energy and our motivation. But I think uh, especially during this year, we've faced a lot of adversity in games where we've had a slow first half and even better second half. But for us to, you know, take our game to the next level and hold up that trophy, we need to have a complete game from from start to finish. And uh, we kind of shown that in the in the national game, despite not winning. Uh, I thought we created a lot of opportunities. I thought we controlled the game. So we, we in that sense, want to be more clinical in front of goal. But, I mean, otherwise, I thought we were pretty sound. And I think we've had some games where we can kind of look back and, and kind of grow. And some games where, you know, we, we struggled a bit. But I think that that's important for us to, to realize, you know, what it takes uh, to win a game and to, to lift a trophy. Um, so, like I said, I mean, you got to just play a complete game and, and for, for LAFC, for us, I mean, we, we talk about we want to play, you know, beautiful football and you want to pass around teams, be dynamic and energetic. But sometimes these games aren't that way. And mm-hmm. you got to roll up the sleeves and grind and, and you know, we just figure out a way to win. And that's how champions are made. And, and I think uh, if you've seen, like, past winners, you know, teams that go all the way through, they might not be the most, you know, um, prettiest team footballing-wise, but they win. 
And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. The last time that I think LAFC played the Galaxy in the playoffs at the bank, I was there. It was a 6-3 game, I believe. Slotman scored a couple goals. It was a crazy game, and I want that again. So I'm hopeful the Galaxy (laughs) can do the business so you guys can face them. Now, just to throw a stat out there, just seven of the last 26 Supporter Shield winners have gone on to win MLS Cup. Has that been part of the conversation from Steve Trundolo at all, that you're trying to break that, or have I just jinxed you guys? I hope I didn't. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you know it's what? just a statistical anomaly. I think for us, it's just like, yeah, like the past is the past. And, I mean, for us, we 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 make our own future, right? So Steve has not mentioned it. I did not know that either. <laughs> uh, everyone always, I mean, to people, I, I didn't know the exact number. People talk about the supporter shield curse, but who cares? Who cares? For us, it's just about going out there, putting our best foot forward, and, you know, try to have a complete game and, um, you know, play our game and, and be diligent in, in our, our tactics, our defending and our attacking, and let the chips fall where they may. Let me ask you about you, your, you know, you to speak about yourself personally. You know, what you talked about the work that you do and Elia does, and it's a lot of that dirty work, right? It's not the, the big, beautiful, glor- glory stuff that, that you see within the game. And at times, it only feels like you see the strengths that you have or Ilya has when, when you're off the field. You see the gaps, right? You don't see because it's not, it's not the big goals assist. Of course, you're amazing at set pieces. But what do you think makes you a good player, both on the national team as well as, as, well as for this LAFC side? Yeah, I mean, like you said before, I mean, what I do is not glamorous. But I think from my standpoint, like I mentioned before, is to make everyone's job a lot easier. What is that just spatial awareness is taking players away um, in terms of in and having space for for our, our our creative guys to to you know play to their strengths and defensively is also covering for those guys because usually those are the guys that you know they don't want to run as much. I know you being a defender, Charlie. you know what it is. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie. Charlie. I, I ran a, I ran yeah. a good amount. For yeah. Sure. yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They they, they invented they invented corner flags for Charlie, so he knew when to put his head up, <laughs> stop running. <laughs> otherwise, God, otherwise exactly. he'd run straight. He'd run straight into a he'd run like straight Forrest into a bleacher. He's like yeah, Forrest Gump. He'd run straight yeah. into a wall eventually. <laughs> there's nothing wrong yeah with i mean that. yeah i mean for me it's just it's just winning the ball back and and finding finding our creative guys and you know letting them play their games and try to bring the best out of them so i mean for me i think i do a good job of you know bringing the best out of uh, out of everyone around me and you know trying to to help them play at their best of their abilities because i you know when we all have you know good games and we get positive results. And so that's my mo- main focus is to, you know, better everyone around me. Hey, Charlie, real quick, follow, follow up real quick uh, on yeah. this. Is this the best team you've ever played on, Kellen, in terms of like you feel yeah, your chances to win an MLS Cup? Is this the best team? For you talking about LAFC? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, from top to, I mean, you looked at, look at, I mean, our starting 11, then you look at our bench, our depth. I mean, I think we we have a, a complete team to, to do that. But you know, we can, you know, talk about all these different things, but it's all about executing. And so, I mean, overall, I mean, especially just going through this this year and some of the games that we played, I mean, I, I really have a, a positive feeling, you know, going into the playoffs. Kel- Kellen's quietly throwing shade on yeah. FC Dallas and Colorado. Yeah, and I'm here for it. I got that. Hey, that FC Dallas team you played with, with, with Morrow? Yeah, and 2016, was, we were good, too. Yeah, yeah we were, we were real good, good, too. Team. but. I don't know. This team is just more dynamic, I think. I think different attributes. Uh, and I think we've been pretty consistent um, throughout the year. I mean, it's wonder how Charlie to, to show for it. 
Wonder how Charlie ever went out on a limb to pick you guys to win the MLS Cup. <laughs> I, I really don't wild, know. Right? Wild, Charlie. Wild. Yeah, like the Philadelphia Union art wouldn't be a good choice, right? Um, I would say this. In terms, I know we touched on Gareth Bale, but he comes into your team, it's announced. What were your expectations versus what he's been able to do for you now? And I know he hasn't played as much as people may have think, um, you know, a, a player like Gareth Bale would play in his production, but we've seen glimpses of, of what, I mean, that he's the truth, basically. So what are the expectations yeah. heading into the playoffs? Do you think he's going to be starting every game? Is he, is he, we can't expect him to be a super sub every game, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's up to 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 the coach, right, Steve, of of how he wants to utilize Gareth. I mean, for for what I can see in training, he's a guy that's hungry. He's a guy that's ready to prove. He he works extremely hard. He's one of the first guys in. He's in the gym, and so he's he's doing everything that he can. And so, um, and we we've definitely seen glimpses. So I'm hoping that he was just saving everything for for the postseason into the playoffs, right? Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, he's, he's been, he's been tremendous. He's been mentoring the young guys. He's been a vocal leader in the locker room and I mean, his guy, his caliber, I mean, it's a no brainer for us to have him on our team. And so I'm hoping that, you know, uh, you know, physically he can be ready. Um, cause I think everything else is there. In, in terms of training, has there been that one moment where you're like, damn, this, <laughs> this guy's now unreal. I see, I see Gareth Bale like, damn. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it on numerous occasions where, you know, he picks up the ball like in a pocket, he turns and he like cuts like four people and he just puts a top bin. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like what? <laughs> like that was so different. Like that, like that's like another level. Like you just don't see that every day. But uh, he's done it on numerous occasions. I mean, you kind of saw his his goal against Salt Lake, but mm -hmm. I'm talking about more in a com compact field where he's like cutting and dicing and then. I mean, everyone knows how how strong his left foot is. So, but uh, yeah, we we've seen that on numerous occasions in training. All right, Kellen, let's uh, kind of bridge this MLS conversation with the U.S. Men's National Team. You came out with uh, an interview recently, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase it. You said that people have a negative outlook on MLS. That's actually what you said. I'm going to keep your quotes a little bit uh, shorter. And you said they automatically think that if you're from MLS you're not good enough. And that if you're in Europe, you have to be starting for the U.S. Men's National Team. Not on this show. And well, what's interesting, yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. but, but I hearken back to my time with, in the World Cup in 2006. And at the end of that, we didn't do well. We, got out, we didn't get out of the group. But the two highest rated players coming out of that were me and Clint Dempsey, who at that point only had MLS experience. And I stayed in MLS and Clint went on to <laughs> obviously great things. But, but it just showed me in that moment that you're either ready when the whistle blows or you're not. When the, when the World Cup comes around and, okay, what you did in the past is great. It's going to help you. But does it help you in that moment? You got to be ready. And it doesn't matter where you're going to play in the future. So I appreciated that you kind of stood up for MLS players because I don't know if we see that or not. You guys take a lot of grief for any time the men's national team doesn't, doesn't uh, play well, that it's always the easy targets are, are MLS players when it's not always that case. And I think it's always a little bit nuanced and there's a little subtlety to how the team performs. And and uh, I just actually didn't really have a question there. I just wanted to show my appreciation. Yeah, I mean, to, I guess he wanted to brag. He wanted to tell you he played in the 2006 yeah. World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So what, just, so just wanted to throw that. Oh, and not only that, I, I was rated the best. With yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I definitely caught that. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <very> <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that, Kelly. I'll appreciate it. But I just wanted to prove the point that we only had MLS experience and we still went out there and performed at a high level yeah. against the world's best. So it, it yeah, I mean, yes, for, I, for, I guess just to add on to that, I mean, for me, it was just more of a, a bit of frustration because it's one of those things where 
I think people should view the game for what it is, not for what you've done in the past, like you mentioned. A bad game is a bad game. It doesn't matter where you play. And a good game is a good game. And so should, people should take the liberty in that sense. I think it's like, oh, it's a bad game because this is where you play at. Or uh, in some instances where I, I've received it where uh, you played a good game, but it's a lesser opponent. But it's like, <laughs> I, don't make excuses. Like, it just just tell it how it is. And that's that's kind of all I ask for. I'm not... I'm just talking about in a, in a general sense. And that was kind of just what I wanted to, to speak about and for people to understand. And, and just, I think for context, because Heath and I played overseas, I think the reason why that's the case is because they feel that the average level of competition on a daily basis in practice, the, because in, in MLS, there are guys who don't need to train at their best and they're going to play regardless on the weekends, right? Fact. In Europe, that's not the case in 95% of the, 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 yeah. the uh, club. So they say they're not getting pushed, so therefore that's pushing them to not be in those environments so that they have more poor performances than better performances. And I think that is the thinking behind why some people would say that. But obviously – Yeah, I mean, I understand that, but it's the national team, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, you pick the best players to, to be on the national team. You play to win. So I think – if you take that into account, I mean, I guess you're in, in that sense. I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but you know, if when we're all coming together, I, I don't think the level drops off by any means. I feel like everyone belongs there, and I think people should really take that into account. They're not there at trainings; they don't see, you know, what goes behind the scenes and mm -hmm. you know how people are performing. So um, that I mean, that's just basically it. But I definitely, I know, I, I I agree with you. I, I I get it. I get it. It's a different different feel and competitiveness. Um, I would say, um, for, for certain teams, I guess. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, I guess <laughs> I just, I just want everyone to just have a fair shake when we're, you're playing games. That's all. Facts. Yeah. I mean, you're not, and you're not wrong there, right? I mean, there, what Charlie was saying, there is some merit around, around the pressures and, and, and all of those things that come in pro rail and all the things that people want to use. But the reality is, Kellen, is nobody's watching most of those games at any of these clubs that are playing at. I would say the three of us on this show watch more games or as much as anybody. But I'm watching maybe three of you guys play, four of you guys play, and then the weekend wraps up with MLS games that I'm watching. I'm watching as much as I can. But I can't tell you how Cam and Carter Vickers played every weekend, week out, right? I can't tell you what Mark McKenzie's up to all the time. Though I watch, I look at the highlights and I go, okay, their team won. He must have mm -hmm. played well, right? Like he must have yeah, played well. Highlights don't do Tough things game. justice, yeah. or they don't no, tell the story of the environment. Yeah, and so you yeah, know, we live for in you, a statistical era. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's just not that's just not the that that doesn't tell any of the story or very little of the story for you personally. Um, is there still an ambition? You're 27 years old, I believe, right now. Is there an ambition to 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 test yourself in a, in a different environment outside of the league, or what? Where where do things stand with that? Yeah, I mean, I've I've always been kind of outspoken about it. For me, that's always been a, a dream of mine. And, you know, my, my biggest dream was I want to make my debut as a professional footballer. Um, you know, I want to play consistently. I want to be part of the national team. Um, be consistent on the national team. I want to play in a World Cup, and I want to play in Europe. And so, for me, nothing changes. Despite my age or my journey, that's always been a dream of mine. That's hope. That's something that I, I hope to achieve one day when you look at this system that has been played with the u.s men's national team you know people are always talking are you going to possess the ball is it going to be beautiful like you talked about uh with, with lafc 
in certain games, like you said, you just got to roll your sleeves up. And I look back to your Nations League performance. Your Nations League final performance was damn near perfect. The way you cover the ground, how you were, you you had discipline, you broke up plays, and you all just grinded. You you capitalize on set pieces, and if you got to win that way, then you got to win that way. But you guys grinded. Yeah. You played a different, and and you look at the Japan friendly. And I know it's a friendly. I know it's just before the World Cup. Maybe some guys in the back of the mind like, I just gotta not. I can't get injured. I'm not putting myself in that position. But the style did not suit the the performance, right? Uh, or or a positive performance because trying to build all that back. And at this time, it's like, you know what? Shit ain't working. Boot the boot the boot it into the channels and move <laughs> forward, right? Yeah. How have you seen this team? grow up until this point and and what needs to change to make sure that come that first game against wales and then england and iran you guys are making those changes even if you were tactically told a certain thing but on the pitch you're like hey we got to switch it up yeah i think for for our standpoint i think what we've shown um in the past couple of years is our willingness to adapt and like you mentioned the nation's league final it was one of those games where it wasn't the prettiest games, but we rolled up our sleeves and we found a way to win. I think the World Cup's going to be similar. These games aren't going to be, you know, glamorous and pretty. It's going to be a fight. They're going to be up for it. And it's going to be, you know, who can, you know, stay up on their feet the longest and throw the most punches, right? And we, for us, it's, we got to be able to adapt to what the game brings you. I mean, sometimes you can play out of the back and sometimes it's like we got to hook it into the channels and win second balls and put the other team under pressure. Um, and I think that that showed in the, the Japan game where, you know, we invited a lot of pressure and, um, you know, we were we had careless giveaways. And in a World Cup, it's the little details. I mean, teams aren't going to be as forgiving, right? They're going to capitalize mm -hmm. on these chances and then we're going to be scratching our heads wondering, you know, what we should have done. Um, but I think we just be more mindful of what the game brings us and be able to, to adapt and uh, and I think we've we've shown that in games, but it's like we we really gotta gotta you know put that into play. Um, 100%. And yeah, just kind of just do it. I mean, yeah, like I said, everyone wants to play beautiful football. One two touches, flicks and tricks, and want to score pretty goals. <laughs> the dummies, pretty passes. <laughs> the dummies. Yeah, you know how it is. Yeah, you're at double scissor nutmeg. I mean, we <laughs> want all of that, right? But that's that's not that's not. How and, games go most of the time. I think it's you got to grind for for a bit of it. When the game opens up, then you're able to to do some of these things. But but, but before that, it's tactical. It's it's the little details. It's kind of everything in between. And I'm not. And I see S27 uh, comments on YouTube saying you don't need to boot it, Charlie. I'm not saying you got to boot it. Like playing no. with Jim Jimmy Conrad played in the what? '60s when it was just <laughs> all of us in those square shoes. Yeah, I'm not talking about when Jim was playing. I'm talking about long diagonals. You know, skipping the midfield, playing straight to a winger or a center forward who can hold up the ball and get him more involved. Those are the things I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm, so, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, Kellen, I want to jump in here. And, and say that you were in with the national team for a little while, and then you didn't get called in for two years, close to two years. And then in 2021, you had 21 caps for the national team, which is awesome, and then have another eight in 2022. What is it going to mean for you at 27 years old and your family and everybody, your support system on November 9th when you hopefully hear your name get named to the roster? Because and, and I wouldn't say that if we didn't all assume that you were going to be there. You know, what, what is that going to mean, though, for you, given all the hard work and sacrifice that you put into it? 
Yeah, I think it even dates back to even to before before even me and being in the national team. It's been a childhood dream of mine. And I think everyone around me knows how hard I've worked to even get to this point. And it's going to be that much sweeter, you know, accomplishing that. And yeah, there's been a lot of hours behind the scenes just to get my, you know, game back on track to even be in consideration for the national team. And then obviously having the opportunity and uh, to, to getting called back in and, you know, and to, to play games and, and be a part of it has definitely been huge, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's indescribable. I mean, it is super surreal. I mean, it's, it would be a dream come true. Um, and like I said, that'd be something that I hope to accomplish one day. Has and one day soon. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. Uh, how much is form, uh, playing a role in your sort of mindset right now? Right. Cause there's no matter what you could tell me right now, I'm not thinking about the World Cup. I'm not you know, it's not on my, <laughs> not my mind. Playoff one, one game of the time. What's the World Cup? I've never heard all of this it nonsense. Before. But like, how much is your form right now? And, and a deep run for for LAFC. Uh, how much is? Do you think that is connected to to what Greg Berhalter is watching and just you know showing that you can be a trusted guy? One um, at this time of the year in terms of where your legs are at, energy wise. But two, obviously you've had you've played some versatility uh, within the team this year. I mean, how, how much is that interwoven into your mindset right now? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's the world cup, right? And it's almost here. So you, you have that in the back of your head, but for me, I'm just trying to be as present as possible. I mean, we're, we're here in the postseason. you know, three games left to, to hold up a trophy. So, I mean, the right answer is like, I'm totally focused on performing well and, and, um, you know, working hard and, you know, form, means everything right um especially what i want to accomplish like i told you like i want to play in the world cup i don't want to just be on the roster so i think it's important for me to to use these next hopefully three games for one is to continue building and growing being in good form as i approach the world cup and and obviously holding up a trophy at, at the end of end of it and then just after holding up a trophy being awarded with playing in a world cup. So I think everything kind of goes hand in hand and all that's interwoven, like you mentioned. Uh, but the most important thing is about just being present right now. Well, you're present. Talk about that swag that you got. You, you said you moved <laughs> from Dallas, Colorado, LA, you're feeling the city. What, what are you rocking? Do you already have your outfits picked out for the playoffs? Like <laughs> not quite, not quite. Yeah. I mean, LA, I mean, this kind of fits my vibe, fits what I'm into, my aesthetic. I'm into fashion. I mean, they got every store known demand here and mm -hmm. I've been enjoying it. I mean, I've met a lot of different people, designers and I mean, shook a lot of hands. Um, but yeah, I mean, postseason, I'm ready. Guy? I'm coming for it. Boutique guy or a big, like, shopping center beverly hills like what's your... i do i mean i don't discriminate i do it all boutiques okay, to okay. shopping hey, malls hey, to... charlie i'll tell you this we we worked with him on uh paramount plus a verizon thing and and his manager he's got a manager and an agent just so you guys know how important he is said we got to make sure <laughs> that he connects with his stylist to make <laughs> sure he has like this is the level that we're talking about okay. wait, 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 wait 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 we this had to is, go, i got we i got a manager team. Are you the only? His, are you the only player sure. in MLS with a stylist? Or, do, or no, do you, not the only one. There's, there's, there's other people too. Okay. 
Just, I just want to say that Heath was flexing there. Well, yeah, when I worked for Paramount Plus and this is literally, right? this is literally a Paramount Plus. I'm just saying, show I'm just saying. CBS hey, if you're gonna give me a hard time for my flexes, I'm, I got to come back at you. I just, I just want to make sure I heard that. I heard that. Okay, Kellen, Kellen. Before we let you go, we have a tradition here for our guests. What is the best jersey swap you've had in your career? And then, what's your biggest regret? Who's somebody that you asked for, like Heath, and didn't get one in return? Because his story is the best of all time. So, so start with your best, and then give us your your big regret of who you didn't get. Uh, the best I have was probably I think maybe Benzema. Oh, don't say maybe. Come on, maybe Benzema. <laughs> he Dude, said the maybe. dudes winning the Ballon d'Or on Monday. Come on, Benzema. That's like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this was this is some years ago. Yeah, Benzema. That's, that's a big. And one. then the the jersey I didn't get was Neymar. He he hit me with the yeah. Well, meet me in the locker room. We'll we'll trade there. Oh. And you know me. You know, you know me. I'm one. like, all right, I'm I'm waiting. <laughs> I was young and naive to say the least. Young and naive. Uh, <laughs> you still waiting he outside the locker room. Yeah. Hey, hey, Benzema was the only player that I ran into him on Wall Street. And he's the only so person I, I just ran up to him. I was like, hey, man, picture. And he looked at me like, dude, are you going to like shank me or something? What's up with this energy you got right now? And it's like me wearing uh, actually this a Barcelona t-shirt on accident. It was like a random... Random brand sent me this T-shirt, and it doesn't say Barcelona, but it was the colors and everything. It had some sort of name and logo. It's like me doing a selfie with it, it's super blurry. And I was like, and then after that, I was like, why did I do? Like, why did I want a picture like with Benzema? Well, like, what prompted me? And I was like, yo, because he's Benzema, and and I haven't regretted it. Since. Yeah, big Benz, <laughs> big Benz. Big Benz. Yeah. Well, Kellen, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck in the playoffs, and of course, to reach your dreams with the U.S. Men's National Team. We hope you get named to the roster, of course, and then get to play as get well. That, that will be get a very that special Let's get after too. it. Get yeah. after Gareth we'll Bale. Do. Get after him. Kellen Acosta, everybody. Give him some love. Let's get after it. <laughs> Woo! That's a lot. All right, we're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we're going to talk about all the Americans that were playing midweek in Europe. Don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce. And we just had a fantastic interview with LAFC's Kellen Acosta, who also represents the U.S. and I think is a lock to go to the World Cup when the roster is announced on November 9th. Chuck, I'm coming back to you. Any big takeaways from that interview with Kellen? I thought that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. He's he's confident about LAFC and he's confident about the U.S. men's national team. I think he's he's it seems like he's on our page, same page that this team needs that grit, that this team needs to roll up their sleeves and adapt. And he thinks they're capable of doing it just like they did in the Nations League final. 
no one gave them a shot in that final. Let's, let, when we go back to that time, Mexico were the heavy favorites. Heavy. The U.S., everyone was kind of like, oh, we'll see. We're going to see how, how Well, it's because we squeaked Hopefully by Honduras in the semifinals. Yeah, yeah. It's right? not like we so, went in there guns blazing. Honduras could have won that game for sure. They could have. They could have mm-hmm. won that game. You're right. And then, and then when we went down... 1-0, I thought, all right, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> but we showed that resiliency. And, and I think we got to get back to that a little bit. What's interesting about that Nations League final in particular is that all three goals were scored on set pieces. And I don't think we've scored a set piece goal in quite some time. And I'm, mm-hmm. now I regret not asking him because he takes a lot of our set pieces, you know, why we haven't <laughs> done as well. Dude, why aren't we scoring more on set pieces? Well, I just asked him that directly. I mean, my whole thing is always, and when I do the 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 LAFC broadcast, my my whole thing has always been, you need players like that because even in your worst of days, you need to be able to find ways to win games or get points, right? And his set pieces, and I always equate them to, and I, I, I say this a lot, one of the guys that 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 drove me crazy when I had to defend him in training or was amazing when you played with him was Bobby Convy when he used to hit a set piece. Hit it so hard with so much pace and spin that you just needed a touch. Mm-hmm. And that's how Kellen hits his balls, right? When I look at uh, Carlos Vela, he puts a lot of float on his in-swingers that are deep. They're never really like, these balls where anybody's got a chance to score, right? right? That's a that's a big center back get on the end of a floated ball, whereas Kellens are going into spots that it could be an own goal. He whips in with so much pace that you just got to redirect it. You don't have to you don't have to do anything but get get solid contact on it. And I think that specialty is so valuable in the game. And I don't know the stats, but I know the stats of like set pieces just across the globe are like an, an insane number of the amount of goals that are scored in, in football matches over the ex- last X amount of and years. Big, and big football yeah. matches, right? Yeah. I mean, in the World Cup games, a lot of ga- a lot of games are decided by set pieces. So I wonder how that's going to factor into Greg Berhalter's mm-hmm. thinking as we move into the World Cup. But I definitely think Kellen Acosta is on the team. That, that goes without saying. I, I uh, Yeah, I was excited about that interview. He was, he was candid. He's open. And uh, sometimes you don't get that, especially as things get closer and closer and closer and the pressure gets ramped up. And obviously, we wish them the best of luck again with LAFC in the playoffs because they're Chuck's favorite, right? Way to go, Chuck. Way to go with the heavy hey, favorite. Hey, There's the Porter hey. Shield winner. All right, let's talk about some, some Champions League stuff that happened. We'll get into some Europa League news as well. That Europa League's going on right now. Let's start with uh, Chelsea. They went to Milan. They took advantage of a red card and won 2-0. But Mr. Christian Pulisic, out of the five subs, did not come off the bench. Are we worried about that, Heath? I'll come to you first. Are we worried <laughs> about Christian? Because, because he mean, just scored yeah. against Wolves on, on the weekends. Prior to that, he had an assist and then didn't play against Milan on match day three. Scores on the weekend. You think, all right, that, that warrants at least some consideration to be maybe a super sub and this one doesn't get off the bench. Now, maybe because Milan were up 2-0, there was no reason to bring him on. You just want to kill the game off at that point, take the three points and go home. But but it still gives me a little bit of concern that maybe Graham Potter's rotating the squad where he's not going to play in Europe at all. He's only going to play on the weekend, which is okay, I guess, if that's what happens. But we have to wait and see. Yeah, it's not ideal. But I I, I say this because I, I I went through nothing similar, but in my own, in my own world, a, a point where I kept on going and going and performing and performing and knowing eventually got to the point where I've got no chance. Right. It wasn't just the woe is me and maybe I'm good, maybe I'm not. It wasn't like they're against me. You just eventually get to a peace of mind where you're like, my future is elsewhere. It doesn't matter what I do. And that can actually lead you to playing free, right? As opposed to the ebb and flow of going through, like, am I being watched? Does it matter? Oh, I got to do more. I got to do more. And then you end up playing, you know, even more average, that type of thing. I think that the outcome that we're seeing now will be an indicator for him, new coach. It's not going to It's not gonna happen. He can play free. So when he gets his minutes, I think we're going to see a confident Christian Pulisic. 
Pulisic. I do think way, but you saw that they rotated all those players in the game that he started last week and that we're going to play in the Champions League to get right. that result. Right. Um, he's probably going to be in that rotation of the next the next round of guys is like the second squad, so to speak. But it seems like he's playing free. And I think whether that's because he doesn't think he has a chance or because he thinks he has a chance, whatever it is, I like the mentality that he's in right now um, and and no longer kind of stuck in this this never-ending purgatory. What, what kind of troubles me a bit, Charlie, is that Mason Mount is actually playing pretty well under Graham Potter, <laughs> which means it's going to be less minutes for Christian Pulisic mm-hmm. in theory and obviously making him very sharp for the English national team when they get going in the World Cup. Uh, your thoughts on Christian Pulisic? And then tell me a little bit about Sergio Dest. He came on in the 37th minute for Brahim Diaz because they just needed another defensive body in there. He didn't look... Great. He looked a little timid again. Uh, I'm worried about Sergio Dest, honestly, uh, in terms of getting those regular minutes and not having a lot of confidence going into the World Cup. I would say that Christian is resilient and he knows what's going to be needed of of him from this U.S. Men's National Team group in the World Cup. It's not ideal. It's not ideal that he's not playing consistent minutes and it's up and down, but he's hungry. He's looking to make a move from Chelsea. Let's be honest. You're a young player. You want to be playing all the time. That's not going to be the case at Chelsea. How is the best or what is the best way to promote yourself and put yourself in in a good position in the shop window? A positive World Cup uh, in in terms of getting on the field and and producing. So I'm not worried about Christian. If he was like injured and look, he still looks good. When he gets his, his moments, he's still able to make an impact in some way. I think he's going to do that with the national team. So I'm not worried about Christian. And in terms of Serginho Dest, it's always going to be the same. I'm 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 cautious of of his defensive abilities. I'm not worried about him getting into the attacking half and whipping in balls or playing one twos and and getting shots. That's not that's his strength. That's why everyone was so excited about him coming into the national team. But your main responsibility as a right back is to defend that has to be your your best attribute in my mind at least being able to but that's not one of his strengths chuck right, so that's right. that's so a lot of concern that that's what I, that's what i'm worried about heading into the f- the first game of the world cup i i will say though that jimmy that and and maybe you feel differently that that what we've seen from the marcelos the danny alves of the world the modernization of that fullback position they're not great lockdown one-on-one defenders, but they're busy. They're active. They make it hard for you, right? They're not going to – you can beat them. They get beat on the dribble all the time. But Sergio Dest – I wouldn't say all the that, time. I mean, they get – well, because they have the ball all the time. But, like, in <laughs> one-on-one scenarios, like, Danny Alves wasn't a great lockdown defender. He was a high-energy guy, and he could get up in your face. But it wasn't like he was an out-and-out he's, defender he's a pretty first. He defender. He was a pretty good defender. And, yeah, I guess <laughs> – Let's not make it seem Mar- like – I know that Marcelo for me – yeah, Marcelo took a lot of risks, I thought, more in the 1v1 stuff where he would dive in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I understand what you're saying, Heath. Keep going. No, no. And, and the point I'm trying to make... bring you down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the point I'm trying to make is that if you go back to Danny Elves before he got to Barcelona, right? When he was at, was it, Sevilla, right? Sevilla. Uh, mm-hmm. He wasn't. He didn't have any of those things. He was playing as high as the strikers all the time, and that's what everybody loved about him. But that next step became the thing of like, I'm going to be at Barcelona. We're going to have the ball all the time. How do I become impactful in this environment, whether that's in transition? How do I press? How do I defend? What are the few times that I've got to use my tools to, to make plays, but also develop some of those things? And I think Sergio Dest is still on that early end of 
you got to figure out the defending thing first, right? Because you've been praised for everything you can do. He's probably one or two in our national team in terms of his ability to provide an accurate final pass, right? The cross, he can hit us. He can pick out his target. We don't have a lot of guys that could just pick out the player and hit him every time. He can. But those other pieces that will take him from being what potential and what I think could be a, a world-class package um, is on that defensive side, like Charlie said. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if any of the teams we play against in the World Cup take that risk and try to put somebody out in that space. And what Sergino Des decides to do. Do I go forward and maybe allow that player to... He's going to go forward. It's his instincts and his DNA, and that's why we love him. But but finding that balance between winning, when to stay and when to go is going to be super vital on both sides. Anthony Robinson, I think, has similar instincts about going forward as well. Let's talk about Weston McKinney because Juventus went to Maccabi Haifa and lost 2-0. It's a big surprise in a lot of different ways. I guess the result is a, is a surprise, but just the way that Juve play, they're still looking for that response. Like, like whenever when are they going to find that consistency? And they just haven't. Mm. Weston McKinney didn't play well, got subbed out at halftime. So, Chuck, I'm coming to you. This is another player I'm concerned about because he didn't look good in the in the, the two games against Japan and Saudi Arabia. You know, we saw glimpses of what he's capable of, but overall didn't play good. And then now with Juventus, it's, again, we see glimpses of what he's capable of, but ov these overall performances haven't been great. And, and uh, I'm worried. Uh, are you worried? I think just Juve suck. <laughs> no, they're, they're playing really poor. Right. Thanks for listening to Soccer We Trust, everybody. <laughs> um, they, they aren't playing well. And it, it, I mean, it's, it's no secret. Allegri's lost the locker room it's a lot no one's playing for him the the no one's playing for the club it, it just feels like he's in a really difficult situation because the group isn't isn't like solid they, they aren't playing together as a team so it's very easy for him to just he's making subs all over the place i mean it, weston mckinney has been pretty much a constant un under Allegri, but he's not afraid to just start throwing you know people off the bench and and taking guys off and making drastic changes. And he's just trying to figure out is is there one combination that's going to work for me? And I'm just going to keep tinkering and and it's just making the team it play makes it worse. worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in some ways, some ways. So Heath Weston, in some of the publications I've seen, was the lowest rated player in this game against Maccabi. That's mm -hmm. uh, that's not a good look. I do want to give a shout out to Josh Cohen, the American who plays goalkeeper for Maccabi. Uh, got a clean sheet against Juve. That's something he can always uh, have in his back pocket. You know, his roll the clip, as it were. And that's exciting. But but your thoughts on Weston and what do you think it means, if anything, for the U.S. Men's National Team? Because you put on the red, white, and blue, and and maybe your approach is a little bit different. Yeah, it's it's tough to say, but with Weston right now, I'm just it's it's he's just a guy that I think has enough experience that we've seen the level that he can play at, and he's not in great form now. I do think that form will change come World Cup time. Is it's he good enough though to hit the switch? Like, there's only a handful. Of I don't players. know if he's good enough to hit the switch. To hit but a I, switch I, and all of a sudden hit. That I don't level think I don't think he's I don't think he's resting or complacent right now. I think he's in a tough situation at that club. I think everybody at that club is in a tough situation, including. Vlahovic, who is like the heralded one, you know, he is he is also in a tough situation. Everybody in that team is in a tough situation. The the, the supporters are writing letters to the club about their like lack of happiness with with the team. So, although somebody's rated him at at the bottom end of that, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily the case. That is a really tough situation that they're in right now. So he's one that I think will, will bounce back come World Cup. We'll, we'll see the best version of of Weston McKinney come the World Cup. 
I, I truly believe that. But Matt Turner's one from uh, from today that's put together a really good performance. Didn't have to make do a lot in goal, but his feet, people were really impressed with his willingness to play out of the back, connect passes, things like that. You know, maybe it's even though it's a small detail, I think it's an important one for 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 him as a player and the confidence we need in our goalkeeper going towards the World Cup as well. Yeah, I think he was also playing a little bit higher, maybe off of his line to to be somewhat of a sweeper keeper, which I think is uh, some tactical stuff from Mikel Arteta. And he just seems to be fitting in a little bit more. I felt like he was nervous maybe in those early games. And now it seems to feel like he, he's found that flow and has made some some great saves. Charlie, do you still talk with Matt? And, and how is he feeling I, about the experience if you do? I do. And it was also uh, great to see um, Arteta come out and say, he's making he's making improvements and that he's getting better and he was really good tonight so i think we all can agree that matt turner is a phenomenal shot stopper that has never been in question especially major league soccer and his his big moments that he he was able to have with the revolution but i think it was always going to be a work in progress with his feet his distribution he's the the basic distribution i think when you're talking about long playing it to certain people being accurate He's had that, mm-hmm. but under pressure, p- playing with your feet and and playing the short game and playing to center backs and 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 your left back or your right back or or a midfielder who's checking, and that being the emphasis, no matter what, I think that's where he struggled because it's it's more it's not about just completing the pass, it's completing the right pass, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. having the the courage to play to a player who's under pressure, which when typically you're like, no, I got to play to the guy who's not under pressure. That that can be um, a lot for a keeper who who hasn't been asked to do that for for most of his career. So, I think just being in that environment, and we talk about MLS right with with Kellen Acosta, you're not getting that anywhere else unless you're at Arsenal or in Europe at a club that is is you know the foundation is playing with the ball and getting pushed. At at Revolu- when he was with the Revolution. Even if he was the number one keeper and was making, he's not developing in that way. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. But here, under pressure, all the time in training sessions, you can see it is it is forcing him to improve, and he's getting more confident and more comfortable. And then that shows with his performances in Europa League. Yeah, I'm just glad he's getting games and obviously making the most of them. And mm-hmm. and to your point, continues to improve. That's that's it's one thing where Zach Stefan didn't seem to always get those cup games and didn't get maybe the looks that we wanted him to when he was at City, and obviously he's getting them now at Borough. All right, staying in the Europa League, because that was a Europa League game for Arsenal. Maybe next year you'll be in the Champions League, Gunners fans. But uh, Union Berlin at home to Malmo. So Jordan Jordy P. Fox started this one, came off in the 63rd minute, only got one shot on goal, but uh, Berlin got a penalty in the 89th minute, so they're up 1-0. And then we had um, we have Richie Ledesma, 22-year-old, playing for PSV. I think he's got a bright, bright future. I'm excited about him. He just seems to get hurt. He's coming off an injury now. Maybe this World Cup obviously came too soon, but I, I could see him uh, being a force to be reckoned with for the 2026 team. But uh, he got the last 45 minutes in PSV's 5-0 win over Zurich. So that's encouraging, and I'm excited to see how he continues to get minutes for a very big club in Holland. Now, going back to the Champions League, we had Liverpool absolutely decimate Rangers 7-1. The good part about that 7-1 loss from an American perspective is that James Sands and Malik Tillman did not play. So they can't take any – we can't blame We can't blame those guys for that. Uh, we knew that Liverpool was going to show up and, and be themselves at some point, and they decided to do it in this game. That's that's one way to, to put it. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were down one. They were, they were down one nil. That's true. Uh, yeah. Scotty Arfield scored first. So then 
they had seven unanswered goals. You're right. Rangers scored yeah. first. That but uh, I mean, no James Sands, no Malik Tillman. What's interesting about those two guys is that they were being trusted by Giovanni Bronkhorst, the manager of Rangers, to begin the season, played in some big games, and are not in the starting lineup, not being trusted right now. And obviously that doesn't bode well for either one of them to make the World Cup squad. Then, staying in Scotland, we had Cameron Carter-Vickers become the first ever American to captain a team in the Champions League as he captained Celtic to, unfortunately, a 2-0 loss at home to RB Leipzig. And uh, I thought he was solid. RB Leipzig's really good. The front three, front four guys. He maybe could have done a little bit better on the second one. Emile Forsberg got in. But uh, when you're under the under pressure like that, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Big center back. I'm just happy he became captain. That's very cool. Now, the one I do want to talk about, though, Borussia Dortmund 1-1 with Sevilla. Giorena got to play the last 19 minutes. And he had one sequence where he picked up the ball and ran at players and created a good opportunity to slalming through and got a cross off. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to a goal, but it just showed his talent. It, within 10 seconds, you're like, this guy's the goods. He's got it. What's interesting, though, is we've seen Christian Pulisic do this recently and to great effect, getting assists, getting a goal in the last two Premier League games. We saw Brendan Aronson also do it for Leeds against Crystal Palace where he's slalming through guys and hits one off the post and then they eventually score there. We got a lot of guys that are good at that. Again, mm -hmm. this is going to get me back to a broken record time of how do we get these guys on the field at the same time or at least get in the ball in those spots so they can do this type of thing. I think if you're scouting the U.S. team, you're like, we're just taking away that. As long as we take away their wide play, I think they struggle potentially going to the middle unless Yunus Musa can be the hero that we're looking for. How about you, Heath? What do you say to, to any of these players? Yeah, I mean, that, that's always been my thing about Giorena is I still think he has more upside than any player than we've had in the history of our national team uh, in terms of what you see, what he can do at his age with the ball, through the comfort, the creativity, just him, his ability to do it at the pace that he does it as um, at his age is is, is bordering on, 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 yeah, <laughs> it's bordering on, on, on world-class potential that, that he has. The... The thing about it that I that I like when he's on the field and when he's in and around the box and everything, his willingness to have combination plays, willingness to one-two wall pass, get in and out of spaces, probe teams that are are comfortable and, and deep blocks. And that's why I want him on the field. It's just that, you know, it's really hard to eliminate the idea of him having more injuries or him not him being anywhere close to himself for long periods of time. And that's hard for me to get past right now, is I'm so cautious to put him in a lineup somewhere because I'm just like. I haven't had a chance to do that. And it's kind of dreamy at this point to think that I'm going to get anything more than, you know, some, 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 you know, uh, stoppage time minutes out of him on the national team in, in a world cup, but it's a good problem to have if he is fit and informed, because you certainly want to find a place for him somewhere on the field. And with the Pulisic situation, what it is, perhaps you do have an ability to now, maybe you don't lose Pulisic, but you can push the three or four of them to, to, to somebody form to rise to a point that they're they're the out and out starter in in two positions in the world cup you know what's a little frustrating charlie is that we look at this evidence of the players that are doing well they're picking the ball up wide we have P christian picking it up on the sideline brendan picking it up on the sideline geo pretty close or on the outside channel and and running through people but but it seems like our national team we want to get that width from anthony robinson and Sergio dest and I wonder if if that hurts us because we're asking our guys that are good getting the ball wide and coming in to be a little bit more pinched centrally, and then they don't really get into the flow that they are getting into when they play for their club teams. One one word comes to mind. Okay. Predictable. You have to have a balance. Sometimes Anthony Robinson just staying connected with the center backs and 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 being a, a more playing more narrow. Have your outside winger, whoever that is, stay by the touchline. We talk about Christian Pulisic when he picks up the ball and he comes on the inside 
with on the one v one dribble. That that's great. Keep your left back back. He doesn't always have to overlap. At times, that's when Anthony Robinson can be very useful. Timing it, maybe it, instead of r- making ten runs behind Christian Pulisic and and hold and holding the t- the end line, maybe it's three, and those three are that much more effective because he's drawn that right back in and keeps coming in, and all of a sudden. The timing's on, and the center back's out of position, the right back's out of position, and Anthony Robinson doesn't have to worry about clearing that first defender on the 18-yard box. Now he can look and pick his targets. There's more room. There's more space, more space for the nine, more space for that weak side winger. I think it's just being a little bit more flexible in the approach of who's playing, who's who's providing the width. Sometimes it's it's just the winger. Sometimes it's the left back. Sometimes it's a combination. And, and overlapping and interchanging, I think that's what needs to get better for this team to take it to the next level. Yeah, I hope we can get that solved and figured out over the next uh, six weeks. <laughs> we'll have it all figured out. We have plenty of time yeah, of to work on that time. But we looked great against Japan and Saudi Arabia, so I'm, I'm uh, buoyed with hope. All right, final thoughts. Charlie, I'll come back to you. Any final thoughts with this one? And I want to give a shout-out once again to Kellen Acosta, our special guest who was on the mm-hmm. top of the show. If you missed it, go back and listen. Uh, I'm excited for... MLS playoffs because I feel like we'll start to see some players develop. Then this national team camp will start, uh, I think soon after, I think, I believe it's in a a week or so or two weeks. Um, And then they'll have a two week camp in preparation before uh, this is MLS players only. So everybody MLS players only before they got knocked out in the playoffs or didn't depart for, for, for Qatar. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, and, and obviously, there's still a lot uh, of matches to be played before uh, we get closer to that decision. And Heath, final thoughts? Uh, not really. Again, just uh, wanting these playoffs to kick off and, and continue to assess our players, both in MLS at, at the national team level as well as uh, in Europe. We are low on time. We talked about it when we were 60 days out that we, oh, we got 60 days. You come back and, you know, Anthony Robinson will be fine. We're now down to like a little bit less than a month, 28 days or something like that until the announcement. So uh, a lot riding on these next few weeks for all these players. And I just hope that we at least have as complete of a pool as possible to choose from barring any injuries to, to, to make the best roster selections possible. Yeah. From your lips to the soccer gods ears. My final thoughts is that we got another show for you tomorrow. We're coming back to you live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, just more in soccer. We trust in your life. Who doesn't want that? I don't know. So on behalf of producer Des, <laughs> producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad, Dino Conrad saying thank you for listening and watching you in Soccer We Trust. And we will see you tomorrow. Later. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.